The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoopball NBA DFS Today podcast. My name is Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined with one of the top sharks in the NBA DFS world, Mr. Mike Apatria. How are you tonight, Mike? I'm doing well over here, Coach. I, I mean, we got our contest a day early. Uh, it looks like I think I already won some free pizza. So, I, I mean, my night can't get better right now. Free pizza? Yeah, so, uh, well, you know, Josh uh, Millman over here, he's uh, a hoop ball guy and uh, decided to challenge me for a little side oh. bet. So I think he lives in New Jersey, I believe, and I guess he works, uh, I don't know what he does for work, but there's, they have some offices in Stanford, which is about 30 minutes from me. So we uh, we bet some Frank Pepe's Pizza. That's oh, the that world famous. Uh, I don't, have you heard of that, Coach? Have you ever heard of Pepe's Pizza? I've heard of it. I've never had it, though. Yeah, so I live maybe about five or ten minutes away from no. from uh, the best pizza in the world. It's uh, It's a street in downtown New Haven. It's called Worcester Street. And it's okay. got some of the the most famous. I think it's got about three of the top ten places in the in the country voted for best wow. pizza on it. It's uh, Sally's, Peppy's, Modern. There's another one, Delegna's, Zupardi's. It's it's all these Italian pizza places, but they're it's it's phenomenal. I mean, I don't know how people talk about New York and Chicago pizza, and I'm sitting over here in New Haven just you know laughing. I would be in heaven. That is right up my alley, man. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, yes, we are. Uh, so we're we're obviously always uh, record this the night before, and it's uh, Tuesday, November fifth, and we are going to be uh, going over the slate for Wednesday, November sixth. It's a nine-game slate, and uh, yeah, we're uh, fantasy draft had given given me a call to see if we wanted to throw a coach's challenge in there tonight. And we did. We've got. Uh, almost sold out only nine people in there i'm right in the middle of the pack and i've still got uh bam out of bio and gary harris going so i think i've got a legit shot how about you I'm, I'm i'm doing okay over here i don't think i've got a shot at winning it right now i'm just looking at some of the other guys there's obviously a lot of uh you know overlap with a couple of these lineups a lot of chalk players tonight that you know i i actually built this uh lineup anticipating it was a single entry so i you know, I, I didn't know that we had the multiple entry. Uh, probably would have, you know, yeah. thrown a couple more in there. But overall, pretty happy with it. The only guy who's really let me down is Anthony Davis. You know, I was uh, yeah, me too. Stuck true to true to my guns on a few of these plays. You know, a lot of the guys I wrote up my article, a few guys I I wrote up I didn't get in there, but are still having pretty good nights. I think overall I should have a fairly good night. I'm I'm not expecting to uh, you know pay off the student loans with tonight, but I, I think. <laughs> You know, at the end of the day, I think I'll be I'll be in the net green. So that's all I care about. As long as we're green and not red. Exactly. What is Andrew's name on here? Do you know? That's a good question. Do you think we would know? Consider work together. You know, we collaborate know. and we we kind of set this thing up. But we're pretty dysfunctional. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, we're 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 making do with what we got. No, I do not know Andrew. To be honest, Coach, I uh, I forgot yours in here too. I was looking for your lineup before. Uh, it's we're a mess over here. 
Oh my God! I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm Dawson the baller on there. By yeah, I'm, the way, I'm the guy. I'm so. the guy in first. Uh, whoever that is, uh, you could, that's that's sure that's me. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I don't do not believe that's the case. Although I know how bad you want some of that fantasy draft swag. So I do. Uh, yeah. Listen, you know I'm all about. That's why you heard me. I got excited about winning free pizza. Any like yeah. just a free item. I feel like you know who doesn't like free money, obviously. But when you just win something. That's like a tangible item. That's fun. I know. I, I won a uh, DraftKings uh, entire like hoodie and, and the sweatpants and everything in one contest. And it's like, that, it was, I don't even remember how much money I won for that contest. All I know is every time I wear that, I think, man, I won this sucker. You know, it's uh, it gives you a little extra excitement for sure. But uh yeah, we'll we'll see how it finishes up tonight. I, I'm uh, hoping uh, by the time we get done with the show, I can check in and see uh, see how it's going. But uh, awesome, man, awesome. Um, we we certainly, as mentioning fantasy draft with the coaches challenge, there we uh, want to thank our presenting sponsor, who is Fantasy Draft. They're the only rake free fantasy site in the industry. Fantastic uh, daily contest. In the NBA, $30,000 pick and roll, uh, that's a $25 entry, and a $5 uh, entry, $7,500 guaranteed. And again, uh, you know, no rake. Uh, every, everything you play uh, with your uh, membership at Fantasy Draft, you are getting 100% payout, and it's, it really adds up. So, you know, definitely go to FantasyDraft.com, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL, and get your seven-day free membership up to a thousand dollars in contests and uh, also a couple of our other uh, important sponsors and presenting uh, would help present this show seven days a week free content is uh, manscaped.com I know uh, Mike Apache's personal favorite um, uh, go there and uh, also promo code hoopball you get 20% off your order and free shipping um, mybookie.ag, very important for all of those gambler wager uh, on the game folks out there. Mybookie.ag is outstanding. Uh, great customer service, quick payouts, uh, great to play at. Uh, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, also our founding initial sponsor with football. So we thank them, and we want to dive right into this slate because it is a big giant nine-game busy slate uh, for a Wednesday. As we know, this is usually our busiest night. I'm not sure if we're going to have another Coach's Challenge tomorrow, so keep an eye out. We may have back-to-backers. Keep an eye out on Twitter. I'll be announcing it and shooting it out there if we do, Uh, but uh, definitely looks like a great slate for it if if we do uh, throw one out there. All right, let's get started with uh, one of the first games on the slate. It's 7 p.m. Eastern. It's the New York Knicks, Knicks at the Detroit Pistons. Obviously, there's going to be some uh, some guys to target in this game. We know that there's some high-volume usage guys and some other guys on the Knicks playing high minutes. So um, I think it's it's pretty stock standard for me. I think Drummond's in play still, even regardless of you know his price tag is up there. Uh, am I going to go to him as much as I have pretty much every other slate? Um, I probably won't, to be honest. I, I I think just knowing that we're getting a you know a couple of these guys back from suspension and 
everything else there's going to be ownership to spread around um i i think both you know looking at some of the options between like just cat and Embiid, we got to imagine these guys want to come back and play with a little vengeance and they're both um just you know slightly cheaper so i think that's kind of where i'd rather invest so he's on he's playable he's on my board but i'm looking at bruce brown again i think he's an obvious play uh the price tag um did go up a little bit um it's the point where you know you have to really think about it he's not as chalky now he's still probably going to be played as chalk but you really have to think about it um just knowing that you know the price tag is up there now it did go up to a fair amount and you know he's probably going to be at least you know 25 to 35 percent owned um, just knowing that there hasn't been a ton of value that really popped up on this slate other than the obvious candidates. But I'll look to play him against the Knicks. And then on the other side of the ball, um, I think R.J. Barrett is just he's going to continue playing big minutes. Fizdale basically said, stop asking me about it. He's 19 years old. He's playing a bunch of minutes. Get over it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I, I, I think we can look at that. And I think Mitchell Robinson is going to have to get used in this game. Um, you know, he just makes the most sense as a guy to get matched up against Andre Drummond. Uh, he's already announced the starter. We've kind of seen his salary decrease a little bit across the industry. Now, I, I do think he's going to have his minutes limited still. I'm not expecting him just to start and play 30 minutes or anything like that. I think we're probably looking at, you know, 18 to 24 minutes. But um, it's it's at a price tag where I think, you know, in, in some cash games, and even GPP because of his block upside, uh, he can easily put up like a nice 28 to 30 points. Yeah, no doubt. Um yeah, you know, Mitchell Robinson has been just such an enigma this year. I know he had – there were such high hopes for him, and he's constantly still, you know, still in foul trouble. He's been split minutes with Portis at the center. Um, I, I would assume with Drummond bulling his way in there, Mitchell's probably going to get in foul trouble again. And with all the good centers uh, on the board, I'm, I'm not going to touch him. I, I've lost a lot of faith in, in his game. Um Really, the Knicks are hard to play. I mean, they still have Dennis uh, Smith and Elf out. So Nidalekina is the point guard, but I will not play him again. I made that mistake uh, last week, and he just was terrible. Uh, so, you know, I know he's probably going to get decent minutes, but uh, I'm just not interested at all. Um, you know, R.J. Barrett, yes, he's in the top five in the league, and in minutes, I just uh, he hasn't been as efficient as uh, you know I would like as far as from a fantasy points perspective. Um, you know, Marcus Morris has been solid, man. He's he's logging a ton of minutes too, and he's been effective. But they seem to be rotating in uh, some more guys like Knox and Taj Gibson, and you know, Randall's going to get his touches. So I'm I'm going to go zero on the Knicks side of the ball. I just, you know, I, I don't have confidence in, in their level of play and it's just no reason uh, for me to go there. Now on the Detroit side, um, you know, I, I've stated it over and over and over again that until Griffin's back and he's not going to be back tomorrow, uh, he, he's going to be reevaluated, I guess on Wednesday and may return this weekend but I have stated if Griffin's out, I'm just going to lock and load Drummond, and I just don't see why I shouldn't. I mean, you know, three out of seven 2020 games, he's been phenomenal. I know his price tag's way up there. You know, he's with he's now floating with the cats of the world up up high on the on the uh, uh, dollar salary. But you know, I think he's worth it. I think he dominates again. I think that he gets Mitchell in foul trouble. 
Um, and you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna dial him up. Um, you know, I, I may I'm probably gonna fade Bruce Brown just because of the ownership and that his price has come up a little bit. Uh, and you know, Kennard is stepping up, and a couple other guys have played a little bit better role. So uh, I know he's gonna be super owned. He has had two fantastic games in a row. Uh, you know, as much as I don't like Nindalakina, he, he does defend pretty well. Uh, he can lock guys down and, and he'll probably check them at the start. So, uh, all that to be said, I'm, I'm probably only going to walk away with Drummond in this game. Yeah. I don't blame you for it. Um, I, I just, you know, I'm looking at the assist numbers for Brown. He's tradition. He's playing like a traditional point guard role. It's, he doesn't look like a shooting guard. That's just subbing in a point guard because everybody else on the team is hurt. Um, I like what he's doing and I, I think that. They're taking a good look at this guy for the future as well right now, and I think they like what they see too. Um, you know, tinfoil hat, one thing to bring up is that the two Morris brothers are playing each other. So um, hey. if, if you see if you see Markeith have a big game, it might just be Marcus Morris uh, wearing his jersey. Uh, there's always been rumors that they would, you know, swap jerseys before the games and stuff like that here and there. So, yeah, uh, yeah if you want to maybe get Marcus Morris to 7,200 and, you know, really have some stones and put your tinfoil hat on and hope that happens, it's an option. No thanks, man. You can have. I'm not going hope that, with you. Hope, hope that you're getting the Knicks guy in the for the Pistons price. Right. Well, may, they may. Who knows? With those two hotheads, they may get into a fight with each other. You know, that would be something. Or bounce the ball off somebody's head. You know, like they. I'm not even sure. They both are always out of control, so it's hard to say which one uh, get gets in more trouble. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to worry about that. Those two guys. Uh, Although Mark, Marcus is tempting with those minutes played, but all right, let's let's move on to game two. Uh, the Washington Wizards, Indiana Pacers. I have no idea what the poor Pacers are going to do. They they have to travel tonight, and they have a back to back. They just played an overtime game where their main guys played huge minutes. Uh, this this is going to be a dangerous game for the Pacers, but the good side of things, they're playing the lousy Wizards, so. Uh, what do you? What's your take there? I think if there's one uh, team you want to play on the second half of a back-to-back after going to overtime, it, you know, one of those teams is going to be the Wizards. So that's that's definitely going to help. Uh, you know, but for me, that that's that's a lot of minutes played for some of these guys. There's a lot to worry about. They're already kind of dealing with injuries. Um, you know, Goga played uh, 31 minutes tonight, which you know, pretty much a chalky play. If we know he's going to get 30 minutes again, you got to pretty much lock him in. He's still priced. You did see a little price bump, and I think if you're looking on fantasy draft, um, you know maybe the stars and scrubs that we've kind of been rolling with for most of the season might have to take a side uh, for a little bit, just because we're starting to see this value that was you know minimum salary like your Bruce Browns and your Gogas. These guys are having good games; they're getting priced up, and but they're still in good spots, so they still have warranted being worth played. Um, but you know now we kind of <clears throat> excuse me now we have to dumpster dive a little bit. I think I'm actually going to be looking at a little bit more TJ Leaf in this game. Uh, just knowing that it was the back-to-back, he only played 14 minutes tonight. The previous game to the uh, to tonight, he had a big one off the bench. For 22 minutes, he put up 15 rebounds. So I think that he could be used a little bit more uh, just knowing that the rookie played 31 minutes. He's a big guy. Maybe you don't want to do that. And the, the, you know, the Pacers kind of play a little bit bigger with uh, Rui and Bryant. So I think that will get... Uh, TJ Leaf a couple extra minutes regardless but otherwise um, you know Brogdon I'm not going to tell you not to play him he's been playing out of just out of the world um, another fantastic game tonight he's he's not yeah. priced too high on fantasy drafts compared to some of the other spots across the industry 
Uh, I believe he was like 8,200 tonight on DraftKings, and I didn't want to pay that salary. I mean, he did pay it off. Um, yeah. That, that's just uh, that's just like too hard for me to pay for. I mean, if he keeps if he keeps playing like this, it's gonna be hard to ignore it again. But I'm I'm gonna kind of just keep letting it go up a little bit, and you know, eventually, I think it's gonna it's gonna hurt some people for a few games in a row until it comes back down. So that's kind of my theory on that, and I'm not really touching anybody on the wings over there. You can go back to Warren, but it's tough. I, I really just don't want to – I don't like this spot on the back-to-back that at all for the Pacers. I think I'm just going to be looking at Goga and Leaf the more I talk about it. Um, and on the other side of the ball, I think you know Bradley Beal's obviously always in play, but this is a tough matchup defensively, so he's not going to be some guy I'm trying to jam in or force in. I think I have other options I can spend up to on this slate. Um, and I'm really, you know, Isaiah Thomas is starting, still playing about the similar role. So until I see his minutes get back up to 30, his price tag has gone up uh, due to being in the starting lineup now. So I need to see his minutes go up before I want to pay that. And, not, you know, not really touching too much of the front court. Interesting. Uh, yeah, this is going to be an interesting. I watched re- pretty much the whole game tonight because um, I had, I rostered three of the Pacers uh, with uh, – Goga, Warren, and Brogdon, and man, they looked good. They 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 were t- they were up 19 at one point and blew the entire lead. Ended up losing in overtime, but those guys look solid. I mean, I Goga's a nice nice little player. I know he fouled out again, but he got a long run. He only scored six, which is is odd because you know he he has a nice looking shot. He missed two just wide open threes where it just rattled around. Uh, but yeah, he's at that price. If he doesn't jump up salary wise tomorrow, I mean, he, you know, and he's going to get a 30 minute run again, which he very well may, uh, you know, it's hard not to roster him because he's, he gets a lot of blocks. He's got four and five blocks in the last two games respectively. And, and, uh, you know, you got to consider him, uh, you know, Malcolm Brogdon is just a pros pro man. I, I think he is. A uh, terrific ball player, and I, I, I'm not too afraid to roster him tomorrow. And I'll tell you why. I think that um, it it really looked like Jeremy Lamb pushed hard tonight. He played a lot of minutes. He tweaked his knee. He tweaked something else. He was, but he was playing hard because he was playing against his old Charlotte team. And I, I just got a feeling he's either going to sit or play minimum minutes tomorrow. And I, you know, I've seen no report on that. That's just a gut feeling. And then uh, I watched the pre-show, uh, and they said Sabonis is not going to come back probably for a couple of games, but Turner was close. So, you know, we got to watch that news. If there's a, a possibility that Turner plays tomorrow, then you just take Goga out for sure. Uh, but, you know, keep an eye on that because it's possible that he may play. But Brogdon's really my, my number one option on this team. I think that uh, – I think he gets a lot of minutes, even though it's on a back-to-back, and I think his usage will will uh, also be very high. It's you know he's top ten in usage right now, uh, especially with Turner and Sabonis. He's then uh, moves up to a top four in the league usage guy. So you know I'm not afraid to utilize him. On the Washington side, you know with since Isaiah Thomas is now becoming uh, sort of one of the go-to guys and a starter on the team. You know, to me, it's taken the luster off of, of Bradley Beal and his usage, uh, as I mentioned on the last show, is has dipped already from first in the league to fifth and, you know, probably going to sink a little bit again. And that's, you know, part in, you know, has to do with Isaiah just 
uh, just being uh, ball dominant and shooting the ball a lot. So, uh, you know, definitely not uh, looking to go to either one of those guys, especially at Beal's very high cost. The only guy I'm looking at in this game that to play is Thomas Bryant. I think that, you know, Gogut does get into foul trouble if Turner doesn't play. So you got to be a little bit afraid there. Um, and Brian is the kind of guy that draws a lot of fouls. He's a push and shove kind of guy and, and certainly uh, somebody that causes trouble in the paint. Uh, don't play TJ Leaf, though, dude. I'm telling you, he, he fouled out tonight in 14 minutes and looked like he should not have been out on the court. He stinks. I'm sorry. Hey, um, listen, yeah, I did. He did foul out, and if you look two games ago, he had a bad game. He fouled out on that one uh, uh, as well. Uh, you know, listen, here's foul- any scrub throughout this show, and I'll take you on head to head. TJ Leaf is. Yeah, you said the same thing about Clint Capella, coach. And what happened with? No, uh, no, no, no. I didn't say that. Uh, Clint, Capella. Clint Capella is still. You know, I think not playing the end of fourth quarters and not the value he was, but he's a, he's an excellent player. TJ Leaf just stinks. So. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's, he's going to light the world on fire, but in 22 minutes, he's got big rebounds. you got to understand he is the freshest out of their bigs that played in this. Jakar Sampson soaked up 20 minutes, also got into foul trouble. He's going to have a yeah. tougher matchup. Rui's a little bit bigger um, than what he has to guard. He get, he, you can get away with playing Sampson because they play bridges a lot at the four, so that, that matchup works out well. I don't think it's going to work. So there's my reasonings behind it. Um, could he easily get into foul travel, trouble and kibosh the play instantly? Yes, absolutely. But when we're looking for value and low own value, and especially if Turner's out, a pivot to Goga, um, I think he's an obvious candidate for all those reasons. And he makes sense for me in GPPs, but I play, I definitely wouldn't play him in a cash game. So, uh, you, you know, go, go forward with that. But I think all those reasons kind of open him up. I think he's going to be very, very low owned. And if we can even get like, he's a guy that could put up 10 and 10 off the bench at his price tag. And that's crushing value. 10 fouls and 10 turnovers, maybe. Okay. Uh, (laughs) All right, let's move on to the next one. But We will keep an eye out for some scrub to take him on here. Uh, Oh, wait a minute. Did we – what was our last uh, challenge? It was – that's why I said Clint Capella. It was uh, Capella versus McCollum, and I beat you. Oh, damn. I I knew – Capella had a decent game. That's right. Yeah, he had CJ had an off game. So we're tied again. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, I have to, well, you can just give me the win tonight because it's going to happen. Let's just be real. Uh, it's bound to happen. Your your luck's run out, coach. I'm going four and three after tonight. Uh, I don't think so, dude. I don't think so. All right, let's move on because we have such a long slate here. We've got a 7:30 Eastern game. Bulls at Hawks also coming off a back-to-back. Trey Young played quite a bit tonight. He was gimpy on that ankle at the end of the game. I, you know, I doubt he plays tomorrow. I think it'd be stupid. But he had a monster fourth quarter. He is something to watch. Um, and as we're recording this show, the Bulls were playing the Lakers pretty heads up. It was uh, they were actually winning when we we started the broadcast. I don't know if they're blowing it or not, but they were beating the Lakers. So this should be an interesting game. Both teams coming off a of back-to-back. Um, they blew it, by the way, Coach. Oh, they did, I figured. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we'll see how they bounce back against the Hawks, especially if Trey Young sits. I, I, If they play him tomorrow, that would be ridiculous in my opinion. But 
we'll see if it, you know, see how that goes. Uh, if he does sit, you know, you got to start looking at this might be the game you get your value play. Uh, DeAndre Bembry really stepped up last time and had a great game when Trey sat. You know, they also lose John Collins, you know, for the 25-game suspension, which is pretty brutal. Um, just destroys my uh, year-long fantasy team. I, that's That was a big blow. But, uh, you know, with, with, uh, with those guys out, you know, Bembry is in play for me. Jabari Parker's in play. Um, you know, another guy that, that seems like tonight he was sort of the guy that filled in the most uh, in, in stretches for Collins was the, the rookie uh, Fernando. Uh, he, he played uh, decently. Somebody to start keeping on your radar because he is active in the paint, and I think his role uh, is going to get a little juicier here with Collins out for such a long time. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm expecting this to, to be my value game uh, where I can maybe roster uh, a Bembry and, and Parker, and, you know, if they, they're 30, 35 fantasy points apiece at cheaper price, that allows us uh, some, some value in building it all, you know, everywhere else. As far as the bull side go goes, you know I know uh, Kobe White had a nice game tonight, and you know he's he can be hot and cold as you would expect with a rookie. Uh, Zach Levine, you know the same way he he has a tendency to be a little points dependent, but has put up some some decent numbers uh, as it goes. And then you know they're getting a lot of split between several guys in the paint. Um, that are they're chopping up uh, usage and minutes and, and rebounding. So I'm probably going to go zero on the Bulls and just look at the Hawks for my value plays uh, in this one. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. Um, both teams, like you said, on back-to-backs. We've got to monitor Trey Young. I'd be surprised if he plays as well. He was on a 30 minutes cap today. Um, and like you said, he was gimping a little bit. Another thing to keep an eye on is Otto Porter in a back-to-back. He's a guy that's always kind of being monitored. So uh, wouldn't be surprised if he's limited or sits. He's kind of been limited, but uh, I guess even more so. And, yeah, we're going to be looking at Bembry if Trey Young sits. I think that, you know, Fernando, I like that you brought him up. He's going to be a guy that we're definitely going to be playing in the future because we know Alex Len struggles to stay healthy, and as soon as Alex Len gets hurt, uh, there's going to be a clear path. But I also want to take a good look at DeAndre Hunter, I think, on this slate. Again, yeah. looking at some some pivots. Uh, Jabari Parker are coming into the day on Fantasy Draft. He's 12-3. Uh, that's 12,300. DeAndre Hunter is only 8,500. Hunter played five more minutes, took one less shot than him. Um, decent yeah. stat line himself, 16 minutes, eight boards. Uh, no defensive stats, but he's a young dude. This is a matchup against a young team that uh, is very turnover prone. So I can easily see him picking up a couple. So he's going to be on my radar. And, uh, you know, yes, Parker's the obvious play. But Parker's also a guy who struggles with injuries. It is a back-to-back um, you know, that's big bed was one of the biggest questions once the, the Collins news broke is could Parker handle a starter's role? Uh, yeah. and you know, that's something that we have to know. It, it, he is playing in, in his home, not in his hometown against his hometown team, Chicago. And he did play with them last season. Um, I usually like to go to the narratives when they're actually in the stadium, like they're playing in Chicago, this is games going to be played in Atlanta. So that kind of takes it away, but he does want to play against that team, play against his former teammates. So. Um, I would imagine he kind of has maybe 28, uh, 28 to 30 minutes. I wouldn't expect him to get anything more than that, personally. I'm with you, man. Very good. Very good. 
All right, let's move on to game four. Uh, it is a 7.30 Eastern time start. Sacramento Kings at the Toronto Raptors. And I've got a quiz question for you that I found pretty amazing. Um, do you know, and don't cheat and look, but do you know who is number one and number two in the NBA in minutes played this season thus far? See, every time you give me these, Coach, um, oh, we got the mascot. We got the mascot saying hello. <laughs> I think, he, I think he's – I'm going to post a picture, by the way, of Chance. So everybody, when he barks, they get to know my Jack Russell Terrier. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I think he said Kings and Raptors, but I'm not too sure. I did. <laughs> yeah, no, I was talking about your dog. Oh, I, he did. That's no, not, I, think, I, I think that's the answer to your quiz question. No, Coach, I think what he was saying was, is this is the dog game, the, the, the lousy game of the night. <laughs> I, I think there's going to be some value on you know one-offs in this game. That's where I, I, I kind of have it. It's either going to be a complete game stack sort of game. I think it's going to it, it could stay closer than some people might think. Um, but you know, I'd, I'd mostly be looking at one offs on the Raptors side of the ball. I like to target. Uh, well, wait a minute, I need the answer to my quiz question. Oh, bro. I tried to answer it three times, but I, I, I said I, it's got to be Kings and Raptors. That's why I said the dogs. No, no, are... not teams. The oh, two players. Oh, two players that led. Oh, okay, my fault. See, that's where that I, lead the league in I was, minutes played. I thought I was. I didn't even understand the question to begin with. To be honest, no with problem. Two players that lead it. It's got to be from this game. Um, Raptors, I would correct. probably assume Lowry or Van Vliet has been playing a boatload of minutes. Both those guys have. Um, Bingo. Yeah, you can stop right there. It's both guys. Okay, there we go. How about how crazy is that that you got the backcourt for Toronto uh, and not the youngest guys in the league leading number one and number two in the league in minutes i thought that was pretty intriguing it is but you got to put on a t next time because that was like a, a painful for me to pull out like i i didn't even get the question that was my fault i'm not saying it was your fault but <laughs> serve it up on like a softball style for me you that i guess it really couldn't have been any easier i really just botched that i let's just say i hope you're not going to be on jeopardy anytime soon <laughs> <laughs> pretty good with the trivia questions but uh, yeah, you pretty yeah. much got my take, and those are the two guys I'd have the most interest in. Like I said, I, I'd be looking at the backcourt for the Raptors mostly. Um, OG is he's always an option. He's playing phenomenal. I mean, if you drafted this guy in your season-long leagues, wherever you took him, you're more than happy with his return as of right now. Um, you know, do I want to target him in games with nine slates? No, nah, not usually. He's usually a guy I, I look at like on four or five game slates, um, just because we have less options. And I know where his floor is compared to his ceiling, and on the King side. It's tough, man. It's tough. I, I don't really want to touch the front court uh, going against Gasol and Ibaka. I think that's just going to be a little bit too much for me. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, Holmes has been producing, but his price tag starting to get up there now where you, you're looking at some downside. It's, the price tag is almost where his ceiling could be. You know, he's, been, he's pretty much been getting like those 30, 35-point games. That's where we've been getting our value. Um, but he's priced accordingly. So I, I'm, I'm not going to go there. I'm not touching any of the wings as far as, you know, Bogdanovich or Barnes or Ariza. Um, you know, I, I guess I'd just really probably be looking at, like, Buddy Heald. Um, I, you know, Darren Fox is always an option. He plays well, but I think this would be more of a Buddy Heald game for me. Um, I struggle to get him right, so maybe that says go with the complete opposite. I just like the personal matchup of him going against Van Vliet a little bit more um, mm -hmm. than, I, than I like Darren Fox and Kyle Lowry. All right. Well, it, it, yeah, good take, good take. I'm... You know, this is a game that is going to have a low over under. Toronto plays great team defense. And, you know, 
I, I do like the fact that the Raptors backcourt are getting solid minutes. Uh, Sacramento definitely not the best defensive team in the league, but they're also playing really slow, uh, which is shocking. Sacramento was in the top five all year last year in pace. Now they're 26th out of 30. So I don't know what Walton's doing there other than not a good job. But, um, you know, I'm just going to avoid this game. With nine, you know, that's the sweet part of a nine-game slate is, you know, you you find a a game like Chance barked out. He knew what was going on. This this is the dog dog bark game of the of the uh, night for me and i am gonna fade it buddy hey listen i'm not knocking you i'm not gonna go overboard on targeting anybody like i said i think you know van between van vliet and buddy hill and kyle lowry one of those or i I can even see all three having good games but i could see one of those guys being in a winning lineup just because like you said this game being lower owned those guys being one-offs they're all kind of priced accordingly um not expecting a ton of ownership to you know go to any single one of them Van Vliet is obviously priced up um, just because of that. You know, he started the season really hot and now we're kind of, you know, we're paying for it. Um, But, you know, we've seen him return on that game, on that price tag a few times this season already. He's got a very solid floor. So he'd probably be more of a cash game than a tournament play for me. And Kyle Lowry, I think, is viable in both. Um, But like you said, you don't need to go there. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, this next game, this is going to be my uh, stones out full-out game of the year so far. I am going to take a, a leap of faith, and and I am going to the 7.30 game, Golden State Warriors-Houston Rockets. Everybody is going to be on this game. Everybody is going to be stacking this game. Everybody is going to love this game. And I this is, this is my edge for tomorrow's slate. This is where I think I can take some some big stuff down. And I believe that Houston blows the doors off of the Warriors here. The Warriors are playing basically with a G League team. They had a terrific win. They're feeling all good about themselves uh, at home against Portland. This game reeks of a 35-point drubbing. And I know the Rockets had come off getting their ass kicked by the Heat. But I think the Warriors come in here, and it's one of those games where it's 40 to 15 or 20. And I just think the Rockets hammer them. So I am going to take this bold stance, which is going to be very unpopular. You'll find another tout in the DFS world that takes it. But I am going to have the courage to do it. And I am going to fade this game on the fact that Harden basically has to get like 85 to 90 fantasy points to pay 5x value. And Westbrook needs to get like 75 to 80. And I, I, I don't think they get it with a blowout scenario. And all of the other ancillary parts with the Rockets, everybody keeps chasing and chasing and chasing because they're the fastest paced team in the league, uh, to me aren't worth it. Um, I don't think Eric Gordon even plays in this game. If he does, I think he's limited. He looked terrible in the last game again. His hamstring's bothering him, and it's just going to be, you know, I don't think having him out is going to do any harm to the Rockets at all because he's been awful. And, uh, you know, I know it's a massively big take, and it could, you know, crash and burn very quickly, but you're going to see almost every lineup in the industry 
have either Harden or Westbrook, and you're going to have some people stack both of them. And uh, this is going to be a gutsy fade city. It's going to either be great reward or huge, you know, crash and burn. But that's where I'm going, man. I mean, I, I see where you're coming from with it. And, I, and honestly, I don't hate it. I, when I just, Really? No, seriously. It's like I just spoke about before. A lot of the guys that we were kind of getting the value are, are priced up, so they're not the same value guys. And you look at that. Eric Pascal, he's now 12-3 on fantasy draft. The guy was you yeah. know, close to minimum salary when we were minimum. getting these big games. Yeah. Uh, Kai Bowman's 11-4. He's another guy that we were going to pretty often. You know, he, He's got priced up a little bit as well. Even Glenn Robinson at 9-3. So I think some of the value is gone from these guys. I do think they're going to be good plays in other situations. But you know, looking at Pascal, now he has a direct matchup going against P.J. Tucker. That's not going to be a great matchup for him. There's, no. there's the blowout risk, like you mentioned, surrounding this game. So there's a lot of things that are pointing me in the other direction. Um, the only thing that's kind of keeping me and, you know, this is why I like to do GPPs and, uh, you know, play multiple lineups is because some of the tantalizing upside that could break slates in this game, you know, Westbrook and Harden, knowing those two guys, what they could do on any given night, um, could just blow up. So I, 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 I would say if I'm doing a single entry, I'm going to probably take your approach coach where I'm going to kind of. You know, ease off this game a little bit. There's a few other guys. Really? Wow. Yeah. Well, at, at the end of the day, I, I'd like to play. You know, Carl Anthony Towns. He's a guy I've talked about several times already. Uh, he's 18-3, so I'd almost prefer him over paying up uh, for Harden in that matchup. You know, we do have yeah. Westbrook coming back this game, so it's not that same scenario last time where Westbrook sat out on the back-to-back, um, yeah. and we, he was just a clear lock and load in that kind of scenario all day. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of actually with you on this one, coach. I think if you wanted to do like the safe one-offs, you can always look at Daniel house, especially with, uh, Eric Gordon, maybe like an Austin rivers who probably get a little bit of extended run off the bench as well. If you wanted to just, uh, you know, take a shot at a low owned near like min salary kind of guy. But yeah, I kind of like the kid. I kind of like the take coach. I I don't want to, you know, I'm like, I'm looking at Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown's cheaper than Kai Bowman. Um, not going to be in this matchup. Probably even, you know, now that we're looking at these options, if, if you if you think everyone's going to be on this Warriors-Rockets game as much as they are, we're going to get some guys, you know, kind of easing off of Goga and Bruce Brown, I think, and some of these other guys. Yeah, uh, I, I'm with you, man. I, I, I'm thrilled that you, uh, you're you on board. I mean, that that's fantastic. That gives me a little bit of confidence that I'm not completely uh, crazy. I mean, we... You know, the last thing I want to do is, uh, you know, we we fade these guys and then they they put up 80 and 75 fantasy points. But again, you know, if they do, they do. I I look at it that way. It's not like that's 10x like some other people can do when you're paying, you know, highest salary on the on the board for these guys. Uh, You know, I, you know, I I think it's it's a gutsy take and I think we might be right. Yeah. Then if you get 75 and 80 from James Harden and Russell Westbrook. It happens. It, it, those, it's in those guys' arsenals. They're going to do that. But you're you're going to win less money on the nights where they put up 75 than you will win money on the nights where you avoid them and they put up 40. Yeah, so, or even 55. Exactly. I mean, you know, they go 55 and 53, and it's like you're you're in bad shape if you have those two guys. Yeah. Well, these are guys that usually draw like a 40 percent ownership. In, you know, in GPPs. Some yeah. slates, like if you're looking at tonight's, we had six games on. Anthony Davis was like 80% owned. Look how that worked out yeah. for everybody. So exactly. there, there's some there's some times where it, even if it seems like they're you know in a good spot and you know that the ownership's going to be there, there it merits a fade. Um, like I said, I'm not going to completely fade these guys in every single lineup I do. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if I'm doing like a single entry and decisions have to get made, 
and I think I can get a big edge on a large majority of the field who is going to have him. And I genuinely, I, I kind of agree with you, Coach. I think this could be a blowout spot. Um, and if it's not, you're going to want to game stack it at that point. So, yeah, I kind of like it, Coach. I'm with you. I think Beautiful. in single entries, you, you kind of look the other way. But in GPPs, yeah, don't shy away from it if you're going to be playing multiple lineups. Awesome, man. Hopefully we're we're on the nuts with this one. That would uh, that would be really rewarding to come back and say, you know, they were both great fades. That would be terrific. Uh, all right, awesome. A um, couple of things, you know, that you know that brings up another point that's super important. Uh, you know, is is you you really have to remember that we're recording this this podcast the night before the games and. During the day of the games is when you have to follow the news. If you want to win in DFS, you have to have the the latest and up-to-date information. So follow us on Twitter. We'll be posting all day. Uh, First of all, follow at HoopBallFantasy. We've got Andy and and, uh, Miles posting stuff throughout the day, keeping everything up-to-date there. Just click on the forums. Once you go go to HoopDashBall.com, Click on the forums, click on the DFS thread, and uh, you'll see that those guys are posting everything real time on there, as well as at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter. Also, I'm at Twitter at Joe Sarvati. That's J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. He is at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And our man Andrew is at Language Olympics. So follow us throughout the day keep up to speed on uh, anything that's changing throughout. Um, also, again, you know, we, we want to thank our sponsor, uh, Fantasy Draft. They are our presenting sponsor and uh, allow us to bring this best in industry seven-day-a-week DFS content to the board, to the table, and uh, we want to thank them. Definitely uh, jump on FantasyDraft.com if you haven't. Uh, got an account with them yet and sign up with the promo code hoopball and get that seven day free trial period. Um, also our additional sponsors, manscape.com, mybookie.ag and Hawaiian Isles, Kona coffee company. Uh, we want to thank all of them for uh, contributing to getting this show on every day. And our man, Dan Vespers, uh, the wizard behind the drapes, uh, back at the home office at hoop-ball.com. Also, you can follow us on uh, any of the podcast uh, areas that they carry. Every Everybody that carries uh, podcasts. If it's iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube, you name it, we're on there. All you have to do is search for DFS Today, and we're going to come up, or NBA DFS Today, any combination thereof. Uh, we're going to pop up. We are uh, growing immensely day over day. It's just crazy how much uh, momentum we're getting, and it's just awesome. We thank the listeners that are you know, sending messages saying they listen every day and they appreciate the info, and uh, we just love being able to bring that forward. So when you, know, when you have a chance at the end of the podcast, when you listen, just take a couple extra seconds. Hit the five stars, the likes, the thumbs up. Give us a quick, positive couple of words. All of that stuff means a tremendous amount to us, really helps us, uh, makes the sponsors happy, and, and keeps uh, keeps the world turning, man. It keeps us going. All right. We have four games left on this very good nine-game slate, and let's go with 
game number six, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Memphis Grizzlies, which happen to be two teams in the top five in pace in the league. What do you think, Mike? This, I think this is a game I'm going to be all over. Um, I'm going to definitely, like I mentioned a hundred times already, I'm going to be all over Towns, I think, tonight. I'm um, looking mm-hmm. at like a little a little bit of a narrative of just coming back extra fired up after his two-game suspension. It's a great matchup for him. Uh, I'm going to be monitoring the point guard situation because Jeff Teague is currently being considered questionable. Um, right. He looked like he's a little hobbled, got hurt last game. Shabazz Napier has already been rolled out, so he may end up seeing some Jalen Nowell. Uh, his minimum salary, um, I think he's going to be an option if he does end up starting. I, I'm going to want to hear who's going to be in the starting lineup uh, before I go and jump because mm-hmm. the other option would be uh, Jordan McLaughlin. So one of those guys, I think now is the guy that they would probably end up going with. He'd definitely be on my radar. Just min salary is going to get minutes, um, maybe forced to 30 minutes of action, and it's a high-paced game. So at that point, sometimes stats just fall to you. Um, and then I think that we can you know, continue to take shots on Robert Covington as a GPP play. Um, his floor is you know, pretty safe. We've, had, we've seen a couple of games where he hit that 16 mark. Those ones make us want to throw up. But um, in limited minutes, he's been able to do some pretty good things. So... If, you know, looking at his past games, 23 minutes, 19 minutes, he put up 25, 32 fantasy points. That's great point per minute production. Um, if this is a game where he actually has to play, let's say, 30 minutes, you could be looking at a big one. Those are my guys I'm looking at on the Timberwolves. And if we want to slide over to the Grizzlies, uh, still monitoring uh, Valchunas' minutes total. Right now he played 24 in his last game. I think we're creeping up there. Um, you know, Cat's yeah. not really known for his defense, but... I just want to see a few more minutes before I start investing in the price tag. I'm not quite there yet. Jaron Jackson Jr. will play. I have no interest in him right now. Um, not until I can see him you know, securely play some minutes. It's going to be his game returning from injury. I would expect some sort of restriction. So I'm mostly going to be looking at just John Morant on the, uh, the Grizzlies side. He's just been playing extremely well lately. Um, like I just mentioned, the... Timberwolves could be extremely thin at point guard, and they may have to rely on two young players. And, yes, Morant's young himself, but he was the number two overall pick for a reason. Yeah, no doubt. Did you happen to see the last game uh, where he went for the windmill dunk between, like, two guys and, like, a rubber band, like, fell and sort of turned in two, like, in opposite directions? It was crazy. Uh, No, I didn't see that. But I did see when uh, Morant basically put his – his genitals on the back of P.J. Tucker's neck on, yeah. a, on, a, on a putback dunk. That was pretty serious. Um, i tell you what, that kid, I mean, it, most people would have had a major injury the way he went for that dunk and then just went down. But it, it's nice to be 19, year old, 19 years old and no body fat or anything. You're just like, you know, you can bounce around like Gumby. But uh, he was amazing. But he's he's my top play in this game, no doubt. I mean – Obviously, uh, the backcourt of Minnesota is is very hobbled. Whatever they turn out to be, and you got to keep up with the news on that. Um, I to be, you know, I think I know just about every player in the league, but I can't say I know who Jalen Noel is. I don't. He doesn't ring a bell to me. Now, Jordan McLaughlin, I saw play in the summer league. He went, ran the show uh, quite a bit for uh, Memphis, and and he was good. Uh, I liked him, but I mean. I'm not going to trust any of these guys. You know, I play mainly cash builds, and and they're not going to make my lineup. But I, I say that to to say that I'm going to play John Morant in most lineups uh, simply because of his speed, the pace of this game, his talent level. He seems to be getting a notch of confidence uh, even higher. 
And uh, I think he just crushes in this in this matchup. I love him. Um, you know, other than that, you know, I'm with you. Uh, as soon as Joval hits the 30 minute mark, I'm gonna I'll I'll put him in there a lot because he's tough as hell. But I just I don't want to play anybody on a nine game slate that I know is gonna play only 20 to 25 minutes max. Uh, I don't want anything to do with the triple day J Brandon Clark, Bruno Caboclo mixture of of minutes. Uh, don't really trust Crowder, Slow Mo, or Solomon Hill, uh, Dylan Brooks. Those are all guys that just aren't rosterable, in my opinion. So I'm not going there. So it's John Moran or Bust for me on the Memphis side. On the Minnesota side, uh, you know, I, I get, I, I agree with you. I think Cat, you know, he's just such a monster usage wise. And if they don't have a real true point guard, uh, you know, the question is, is that going to affect him getting the ball that much? I don't think it is because he, he takes a lot of threes. He gets out there on that pick and pop. He's going to have the ball in his hands. If it's a, a younger guard handling the ball more, they're going to, I think, have a tendency to go to Cat even more. So I'm, I, would, I would love to pay up for Cat. You know, I can see myself building a lot of lineups, uh, you know, with Cat or Drummond. Uh, being my my stable uh, center, uh, if I roll out a couple GPPs, I may even try one lineup uh, and try to squeeze in both on fantasy draft, which will create definitely some salary issues. But uh, I think they're both in smash spots. So I'm with you. I like Cat. I really don't like anybody else on the Minnesota side. So I'm just probably going to go Jaw and Cat. You know, just one guy each, even though. You know, this will be a high-paced, high-scoring, high-targeted game. All right, man. Well, yeah, it looks like we're pretty much on uh, the same page right there as far as those guys are concerned. You know, um, you know, one thing I wanted to uh, you know, mention, uh, you know, Noel is he's, he's actually naturally a, a shooting guard. He played at, I believe, Washington State. Okay. Um, Washington or Washington State. It was one of those two. Um, but he, he was very, he's very athletic. He's, a, he's like a very, very tweener-type guard. Um, almost like he almost kind of reminds me a little bit of like a Delon Wright. Uh, he's pretty young. He's he's not like a small guy whatsoever. So um, you know, at the end of the day, they could just do something crazy and just you know maybe throw like a Koji in there and just let him bring the ball up. Well, and the, I'm telling you, this McLaughlin kid could play. I, I, I yeah, no, I've watched him. Guard. Yeah, yeah he's a point guard. So I, I, at the end of the day, that's where I'm gonna have my interest, and in. it's just gonna be whoever's in the starting lineup. Um, just yeah. because that's what they're going to have the most confidence in running the point with Cat, and that's probably who's going to be running the point with Cat in the fourth quarter as well. So that that's kind of where I'm going to be going. It's just whoever's in that starting lineup. And I'm not saying like you need to go there either. It's just going to be a value option. At the end of the day, we don't have too many guys that are next to the – or you know, these both of these guys that we're talking about are minimum salary guys. Um, you know, I don't think there's any other minimum salary guy that we mentioned on the slate yet that we were actually Correct. interested in. So it's a way to right. kind of get a couple more expensive guys in there if you want. I'll tell you what, if Teague is named out and McLaughlin is named the starting point guard, I'm plugging him in. I mean, there, there, there's a way, there's your your uh, route to get a lineup with both Drummond and Cat in there. And, uh, you know, I, I would think his, his floor will be decent. Uh, you know, running the point in a, in an up pace game like that. So I would imagine like 20 points. The news. Yeah. I, 20 fantasy points yeah if he's starting and running the point i would i would suspect oh. that to be like his floor like that uh 18 20 mark i would say 
Um, just I would it, I would think more like twenty five to twenty seven and a half. I really do. That's that's what I would take. That's what I'd be happy with at the end of the day. I'd be extremely right. happy with it. But when that's I play what a guy, to do. yeah, I anticipate like the floor to be like okay. If he puts up eighteen twenty at his price tag, I can still stomach that and cash out in my lineups. So I'll be fine with that. So I go in right. there with that kind of mindset, and you know, unless I feel comfortable about that guy, like I'd still feel comfortable about even if I got eighteen to twenty. Um, I think the high side would probably be like what you just mentioned, like that twenty-seven to like thirty range. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. All right, let's roll to Game Seven. It's uh, the Orlando Magic at the Dallas Mavericks. Um, you know, definitely in- intriguing. A uh, little worried in the fact that Orlando's the the second to last pace team in the league. Uh, you know, Dallas has picked up the pace a little bit, but slipped down to 20th. Uh, we were up in like 12, 13. So uh, we're slowing it down a little bit. That definitely brings some concern. Um, you know, what What do you think about this game? I, uh, you know what, Coach? I'm really not that into it too much. I mean, uh, obviously the, Ma- the Maverick options like, you know, Doncic, but Doncic's getting up there in price. I know he can go buck wild any game, but this is a tough matchup. Uh, not one that I generally like to target. And Orlando's on the second half of back-to-back. So, like you said, a slow-paced team who's also going to be, you know, just playing big minutes the night before. Uh, a lot of things that are kind of just telling me to, you know, not steer clear, but just temper my expectations as far as what their what their output could look like. I was uh, I was on Aaron Gordon tonight. I uh, I'm expecting him to kind of turn it around a little bit this season. He's kind of getting off to a rough uh, a rough start shooting the ball. Um, you know, but otherwise. I'm good, man. I don't, you know, I don't think this is the spot really to go after Markel Fultz unless we hear something about the minutes being increased. There, um, for me, it would just be you know random shots at Doncic and and you know a couple of my lineups. But otherwise, I'm good. Well, you know, looking at Orlando's box against uh, Oklahoma City tonight, uh, he he definitely was preparing for the back to back because he played two, four, six, eight, nine guys twenty plus minutes. So, you know, Vuk played 33. Everybody else was under that. So, you know, they'll, they'll probably stay with their normal rotation, I would think, against Dallas. Not that that means a ton, but, uh, you know, we'll see coming in. Yeah, I mean, Doncic is to the point where he is getting up there in the upper echelon of pricing with some of the, big, the biggest dogs, but he certainly has been paying it off, man. He's been incredible, but... I, I just don't see rostering any uh, Luca or KP in such a pace down game. And, uh, you know, it just doesn't excite me. I don't think this will be a, a high scoring affair. I don't like the ancillary pieces for Dallas ever because they all rotate uh, so incredibly much. Uh, on the Orlando side, they've been so underwhelming DFS wise this year. Not only the second lowest pace, but very seldom do they smash value at all. I mean, they're just, they've been very, very bland. Tonight's a perfect example. Listen to how crazy this is. Aaron Gordon had 15, and then Isaac, Fultz, Aminu, and Augustine all had 13, and Vuk had 10. You know, that's not going to win cash or GPPs. Uh, You know, that's, yeah, you know, they're spreading the wealth around a little bit there, but not not DFS playable. So uh, I'm fading, man. 
I'm with you, Coach. It's uh, you know, and I think we're ready to move on to the next one. And when we get to this next one, Coach, I think I'm gonna pretty much have almost a similar approach. Yeah, I I I don't blame you. I really don't. Yeah. All right, let's let's move on. Then we have two games left. Uh, you know, a game at the Utah Jazz against the Philadelphia 76ers, a little Embiid against Gobert in the center spot. Should be an interesting game. Um, you know, as we all know, Utah's Utah. They're 28th in the league in pace. They just, you know, beat people down and and find ways to win games uh, the old-fashioned way. Um, you know, they're 4-3. and three. They're just scrapping and scratching. Philly comes in off their first loss to Shocker to Phoenix. They're 5-1, and one, but they do get Joel back. He's very well-rested and uh, certainly think that uh, Joel's in that trifecta discussion of Drummond, Cat, and himself because those three are smashable guys. The only thing against Joel is he's going against the two-time defensive player of the year, and it's in Utah, and it's a pace-down game. So, um, you know, can you target some guys in this game? Uh, possibly. I mean, Philly is uh, up to sixth in pace. So it's a monster pace-up game for Utah. Uh, I've got to think Jay Rich is probably going to check Donovan Mitchell. And he, you know, I respect his defense flat out. Uh, he, he has, uh, you know, does a great job. I mean, I, you know, there's a couple flyers here you could take, like uh, Bogdanovich. He seems to be getting it uh, going lately. Uh, you know, he may be a guy that, that gets it done. Jamal Murray's still... In a, in a slump, he hasn't really broken out of it yet. Uh, and from Philly's side, yeah. You mean Con- Conley? Or what I say? What'd you I said say? Uh, Jamal Murray. Oh, I, was, I, meant, I was like, I this meant, has been a trade I didn't know about? No, no, no. I, I meant Mike, Mike <laughs> Conley. Yeah, he still hasn't quite got it going yet. Yes, he's he's uh, he's getting a little bit better, but not uh, you know not quite to the, to the spot where, to me, that I want to take a shot at rostering him. But – he is getting – he's getting there, and, he, and we all knew he would because he's a pro. Um, but, the, you know, the Philly side, you know, you've got just a, a, a usage uh, valve leak for Tobias and certainly Al Horford and, and even Simmons with Joel back. It just – you know, it's automatically – you know, he's the top usage guy on the team, and those guys are going to use some of that uh, – lose some of that. And Al Horford – he has proven every time Joel's out, he is the man to take. He's he's one of those, you know, put a star next to when Joel sits out, just plug Al Horford in because he's going to play four or five and dominate the glass. But I don't really want anything to do with him with Joel back, to be honest. It's that much of a, a switch for me. Um, and, you know, Tobias is good, but his price is sort of high. And, again, I think his usage is going to go down. Simmons had a terrible game the last game against Phoenix. So I've got a sour taste in my mouth for him because I've had him in my lineup. I'm not thrilled uh, with the way he played. And, uh, you know, Conley's a first class defender. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, Embiid's certainly an option, but uh, I just don't know if I'll have the courage. Although fresh, it, he's tempting. He's going to definitely be less owned than Cat or Drummond. And so, he might be just a natural, great pivot 
uh, from those two guys uh, that could just break the slate. He really could. Um, and, you know, I may, I think I may fire up Boyan Bogdanovich in a uh, GPP, but uh, not my cash game. And that's it. All right. Well, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with, uh, you know, Joel Embiid being a good pivot. At the end of the day, he's, he's not going to be my favorite, you know, center around that price tier, like you said, for all those reasons. But um, he still is the type of player that can go out there and put up a 30-20. So I definitely think that he, he makes for a pivot, um, you know, a nice little hedge or something if you want to do it that way. Uh, but otherwise, you know, I'm really not too interested in anybody from the Sixers. I think the one guy that I would, uh, you know, you, you mentioned him being a little overpriced. I think he's probably fairly actually coached with when you talk about Tobias Harris. Tobias. Yeah, and, on, uh, you know, on fantasy draft, he's 12-1. Just looking at some of the other guys in his price range, you know, uh, Andrew Wiggins, Jonas, uh, Jonah Valachunas, uh, Montrez Harrell, uh, Rashawn yeah. Holmes. Look, you know, going on the other side, we're talking about Parker, Pascal. Um, Canard, like some guys that we're expecting to have some ownership. Um, That's so a good point. I think I think that might be a nice solid pivot to a few of those guys. And he's even when he's in the Joel Embiid's in the lineup, he's the secondary scorer for this team. He's their best three point shooter. He's a valuable asset. I think he's going to have a plus mm-hmm. matchup when you're talking about uh, you know playing small forward. So I I think I do have a little bit of interest in him. Yeah. No, I think that's a sensible play, and I was thinking his price was was like a thousand dollars higher than that. So that's a great point. I'm glad you brought it up, and uh, he might be a a smart uh, value play, and he never never seems to be super owned, uh, even though his his value is pretty decent there. Then, yeah, I, I think some of the other sites in the industry might see uh, might keep uh, Horford and Tobias priced up a little bit, but Fantasy Draft uh, they adjusted pretty quickly. So that you know, it wasn't like these guys were coming off injury and they might be questionable or game time. They were suspended, so everybody knew that they were going to yeah. play this game. So hopefully, most of the sites got to account. So far, I've only checked out fantasy draft pricing, so I do not know that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, all right, we'll keep an eye on that. That's definitely uh, a great option or a great pivot. Um, all right, let's finish up this awesome nine-game slate with a really great game. Uh, some people are picking this as the NBA Finals, actually. And it's the 10 p.m. Uh, late game, the uh, late night hammer, the sweat game, everything else. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks at the L.A. Clippers uh, get to see a little bit of uh, uh, top-notch players here with, uh, with Giannis going after it. Now, I read something today saying that there's is a possibility that this is a rest game. Yeah, he's Leonard, Leonard's already been ruled out. He is out. Yeah, Leonard's already been ruled out and from, Gosh, from that's, that's a shame. It takes a lot of the the steam out of this game just because you, you know this was the game I'd actually you know when we were talking about Harden before, I would have probably preferred Giannis just because I would expect lower ownership with Giannis compared to Harden. Um, yeah. And I like this matchup for him a lot, even though it's against Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, uh, you know, fantastic. But this is a game where Giannis would have to play big minutes. Um, yeah. You know, defensive you know matchup aside, he'd probably be looking at 36 minutes in this game. And we know what can happen when Giannis gets 36 just from, you know, ancillary stats and defensive stats. So um, right. I'm, that's going to take a little steam out of the game for me, Coach. I don't know about you. Um, I'm not, You know, when it comes to playing the other Bucks, I'm, I really don't target too many of them, like I said Bledsoe is the one guy I keep my eye on. He's been playing out of his mind, and he's been yeah. doing it in limited minutes. It's it's almost like you know Jonas Valanciunas thing where I just want to see the minutes before I want to pay for him. 
Um, but we're talking about three straight games where his lowest score has been 33 uh, and a half fantasy points, his highest being 43, um, and he's played 23, 24, and 27 minutes. So that's impressive. Yeah. He's, it's kind of you know it's one of the things that we talked about in the preseason. Uh, he's his usage, everything, ball handling responsibilities goes up when Brogdon was off the floor, and now we're talking about full season without Brogdon. So I'm actually expecting a pretty big role from Bledsoe. Just want to see the minutes, and you know, going over to the Clippers side, uh, I'm not going to you know mess around and play Mo Harkless just because uh, Kawhi Leonard's sitting. I think we have enough value on the slate where we don't really need to go there. Um, and then you know, at the end of the day, I just don't know if they're going to have the firepower to kind of keep up with with this Bucks team. I mean, if they do, if you're playing like a Giannis, maybe you know could run it back with Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams stack. Uh, one yeah. of those kinds of things is because those two guys are going to have to have a major impact if this game does stay close. Otherwise, you know, I'm good. I mean, this the late the later half of this slate, man, it's just it's a lot of tough defense and you know not a lot of value to go with in those games. You know, I I actually like some pieces here, believe it or not, Mike. It, um, I think that you know, I think that the Clippers are scrappy. It's a home game. It's an east to west coast trip. For Milwaukee, I, I I think that the Clippers stay in this tight enough to uh, to give them a game. And you know, I have made a mental note of this, and I may have even mentioned it on my, on one of the shows. But you know, when I've stated all along, when Kawhi sits prior to Paul George coming back, that y- you really have a great two man stack in Williams and Harrell because. They're going to get like 65% usage between the two of them with those other guys out. Because Beverly's not going to be a scorer. He never was. Shamit's going to, you know, fire a couple threes, but that's it. Harkless, Magruder, Patrick Patterson, Jermichael Green, Zubach. That's the rest of the group. You know, there's no hardly double-digit scores in that group. So, you know, if this is going to stay some semblance of a game, which I think it will. I think that Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell go off. And if Brooke Lopez is in there uh, defensively, I think he's been awful. I think he's not playing well defensively. He, he was reasonable last year. He was a, a top 15 defensive center and blocked some shots, but I don't see it. I see some regression there. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, age or, or, you know, what the deal is, but, I think Harrell's a strong play there if they're going to stay in the game. And Williams is going to be running and gunning like crazy. Um, on the other side of the ball, I'm not going to be able to afford Giannis. Yeah, you know, uh, I'd love to be able to say, yeah, take Giannis. But, you, you know, you, you can't take all this high-salary guys. Uh, you know, I like that combination of guys, uh, Bledsoe and Middleton. And I know Bledsoe gets Beverly defense, blah, 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 and that scares everybody off. But – Bledsoe's playing terrific ball, like you said. He really is. He seems to be finally healthy now, and and Middleton uh, has been stepping up too. He's looked solid lately. So you know, I like some combination of those four guys: Bledsoe, Middleton, and and Williams, Harrell, uh, in my builds. Not all four of them, but you know, uh, mixing and matching like two of those guys uh, in some of the builds, I think would would make for a really nice late night sweat. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think that at the end of the day, like if we do if we do game scripting and you are playing a guy like you know Giannis or Bledsoe, um, and the starters just get off to a hot run and this game does stay close, 
I imagine that the the Bucks starting unit is going to outscore uh, the Clippers starting unit like by a wide margin, where the bench unit's going to have to keep them involved in this game. So it just kind of correlates well when you look at pairing one of those big starters with those two bench unit guys. Uh, yeah, that and that's my thinking exactly. I think that uh, you know it just seems to to play out right, and and if if it goes the way we're thinking, then that's very possible. All right, I think we're we're wrapping up. Let's do a quick uh, coach's challenge check in here before we uh, we check out. Let me see here. Uh oh, uh, maybe I am sitting right dead square in the middle. Um, Let's see. Do I have any chance to move up? Not doing that great in the old coaches challenge, man. I am sitting, yeah, right square in the middle. What what is your name on here? Uh, it's just M. Yeah. yeah. You are right now beating me by twelve. Yeah, it looks like all I have left is Butler with about five minutes left in the game. And I have Gary Harris and Bam out of bio, so. I still could get you, but it looks like I may get beat. Yeah, looks like you got beat again, Coach. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's what happens. No worries. I, I'm just more excited about this free pizza. Where's Josh down there at 33? We actually almost had identical lineups. We uh, we just had a 2v2. So we, we both had uh, Butler, Kemba, Contavious, Davis, Goga, wow. uh, and Jabari. The only difference was I went Tristan Thompson. He went Kevin Love. Uh, and then I went Zach Levine to his Marcus Smart. So I won the 2v2 right there. Very nice, man. We don't know what language Olympic man Andrew is, do we? God darn it. I wondered how. Uh, I think he how keeps he, it. I keep, he changes it every week. He just says whatever's yeah, in first or second. Just, exactly. I think so. Um, whoever the B ball bod- podcaster is, could that be him? Whoever that is, is in 40th. That's not good. Looks like the winner is going to be the Chicago City Bulls. Shout out to the Chicago City Bulls with a big 319.75, and they still have Butler and Millsap in there. Only person Little, in the tournament to play Hayward. That's That was it. 2% owned Gordon Hayward take, breaks the slate, and – he also paired him with Devontae Graham with a, a little 56-point uh, fantasy point effort there. So what a nice build. Walker, Butler, Shea, Hayward, LaMarcus, Jonathan Isaac, Devontae Graham, Paul Millsap. Nobody let him down. Everybody 20-plus. Uh, solid, solid game from the Chicago City Bulls. All right, man. Well, that is it. Uh, you know, we'll definitely be tweeting some stuff out tomorrow uh, regarding the next coaches challenge, and uh, actually, the next two nights is you and Andrew. So uh, I've got a, a couple of nights reprieve here. It looks like. Yeah, and then we get to, I get to you know get vent my frustrations with Andrew about uh, you know working with uh, this old guy on the other days and. All, yeah, you know, yeah, all that good stuff. So, oh, we didn't get our we didn't get our uh, our chicken suit going. Oh yeah, I need somebody to go against. I, I'm even ashamed to say it, TJ Leaf. Yeah, but, just go ahead. If you hit him, just pick God, somebody man. random on there. I I think I could play outplay TJ Leaf my, on my own. <laughs> um, let me see. Good lord, who do you even go to in a scenario that? I don't want to insult you with anybody that can actually play the game. Um, 
Oh, wow. I can pick somebody like really bad just to be kind. Yeah, that'd be fun. I, you know. How about like Dwight Powell? Sure, why not? I, I Listen, I don't knock that Dwight Powell play, but I'll take it. He's getting increased minutes. <laughs> yeah. We'll do he's it. Not, he's not done a damn thing yet, but. All right, we'll do TJ Lee versus Dwight Powell. In the all, yeah, this might be our worst. These are the fun ones. Challenge These are game the fun yet. Who cares about when it's Embiid versus Cat? Everybody, you know, those guys are both good. Give it yeah. a couple dumpster dive guys who. We should know. have taken guys in the same game again, so there's the potential of a, a throwdown. <laughs> that'd be that would that would be great if we had another fist fight for amongst our chicken suit guys. Yeah, I'll wait till James Johnson's uh, back into conditioning before we do that, and I'll pick the the, the prime fighter. Yeah, you, that's for damn sure. Well, all right, man. Great show, great stuff. Hopefully, this helps. There's some certainly some big takes here. You know, when when Dan, when you can tell Dan, we're going to put ourselves out there. We might as well do it, so he can put up there. You know, these two crazy-ass touts are completely fading the Houston Rockets and uh, Harden and Westbrook. That'll that'll get some attention. Yeah, we're doing our clickbait, you can call it, I guess. No, but for real. I think it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a warranted option. Well, if we're on, we're going to be right in the thick of things with some of our other plays, for sure. But uh, all right, man, great stuff. Anything else? Uh, that's it, man. I'm ready to go. All right, dude. Well, we, we thank all the listeners. Again, thank you for the, the growth of the show and all the great comments. Please keep hitting us up. And, and uh, you know, we we do this, you know, from uh, the bottom of our hearts. We give it our all, and we give you all our opinions as raw as they are because, you know, we want you to win. We want some good stories. Uh, we want you to post uh, some, some great results. So, all right, thank you for joining us on Hoopball NBA DFS today. For my man, Micah Patria, and for Andrew Hansen, I am Coach. We'll catch you again tomorrow when we look to crush it in NBA DFS. Thanks, guys. Take care. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.